This is the EWN Podcast Network. There's so much more to think about. If we didn't already think it was stressful enough trying to lead these people down a path that we were excited about and trying to keep them excited about and showing up and actually doing the jobs we need them to do. Now we have our own fears on top of helping them with their fears. And are we even qualified to help them with their fears? And it can be very debilitating on many, many levels. So the first thing I would tell you is we're all human. And guess what? Your team knows you're human. Absolutely. So a little transparency goes a long way. It's Lift As We Climb, a show that shares secrets about growing your business from the eWomen Premier Success Coaches and outstanding members from all around the world. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach and your host of the show. On today's show, we're going to talk about people your employees, and your customers. Our premier success coach interview is with Talmar Anderson. She's the CEO of Boss Action, and we're going to talk about managing your team now that the world looks a little different. What if they want to work from home and you don't want them to? What if they're nervous to come back and you need to have that tough conversation? Talmar is an absolute genius on this stuff, and she'll talk us through it. And we'll talk with eWomen Milwaukee member Melissa Blair about CRM systems, your customer relationship management system that will magically and automatically take your customers through the sales funnel, send email blasts, and keep everything organized, this utopia. If yours isn't set up like that, or you could use a little help, this interview is for you. Lift As We Climb is sponsored by the LinkedIn Lifestyle, Secrets and Strategies to Be a LinkedIn Star, Cultivating Sales, your all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing, and The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge. Talmar and Melissa are standing by. We'll get them on the air in a moment. First, I want to share a thought about your marketing. It's tough to do a show on an international platform and talk coronavirus because it's different everywhere. But in general, let's talk about your marketing for a second. Last week on the show, I mentioned that you shouldn't ignore a business pivot that's working, that you should focus on the portion of the pivot that's working. For example, if you suddenly offer delivery or curbside service and your customers love it, then don't stop offering it. One other thing that struck me this week, and I want to share it because I think it's important. This week and for the next few weeks, I think you need to get out and share how to use your business. It's almost like you're reopening for the first time. Because even to your best customers, you kind of are opening for the first time. You and I were so deeply involved in doing the thing that we don't realize how much has changed. I would recommend a video or a photo gallery showing your customers how to use your pre-order app or what it's like to stand six feet apart in your store or how your team delivers the product now. I mean, we're wearing masks, we're using hand sanitizers, everything's different. It's almost like you're giving one of those airplane safety messages. No one ever listens to them, but someone that's concerned about it would really value it. It might not feel important, but when you think about it, if you're the type of person that obsesses over the light colors or the napkin quality, you're duct taping lines on the floor. You're talking through masks now. You're demanding pre-orders from your customers on mobile devices. I mean, everything has changed. And I don't think it has to be positioned as a bad thing. I would strongly recommend that you're just sharing a few consistent messages. I think there's four. One, how to buy your product. Like literally, how to buy your product now. Two, how you're trying to keep them safe as a customer. What are you doing in the store or when you're interacting? Three, a personal message coming from you 
like to commit to a high quality of service or how you're going to serve them during this time. And then four, try and position the moves that you had to make as customer options and convenience upgrades. For example, curbside service is now to make it easier, not because of the virus. This isn't a one video and you're done kind of thing. Shop your own store for the first time as a customer. Note all the changes and tell that story as soon as possible. The virus has changed a lot, and one of those changes has been managing your people. For some, we needed to go from in-office management to remote management literally overnight. Job security, productivity, technology barriers, work-life balances, they all became a reality. Now, employees are coming back, or at least we're asking them to come back. With all of this up in the air, we needed to get our premier success coach that specializes in this stuff, Talmar Anderson, the CEO of Boss Action, on the show. We need her to coach us up right now. So Talmar, so much has changed. It's okay to be freaked out as a manager, right? I mean, it's kind of freaky out there. Well, even worse, you feel guilty about all the things you're freaked out about, right? There's so much more to think about. If we didn't already think it was stressful enough trying to lead these people down a path that we were excited about and trying to keep them excited about and showing up and actually doing the jobs we need them to do. Now we have our own fears on top of helping them with their fears. And are we even qualified to help them with their fears? And it can be very debilitating on many, many levels. So the first thing I would tell you is we're all human. And guess what? Your team knows you're human. Absolutely. So a little transparency goes a long way. I don't have all the answers yet, but I can let you all know this. I have found out this and I'm looking into this. What questions team do you have that I can look into to help us find answers to make decisions on how we'll go forward? That's my best advice on that one. So as a manager, we're always worried about the business being successful. Mm -hmm. If we're a good manager, we're worried about our people and their work-life balance and their emotional fulfillment and their career up-leveling and all of those concerns about helping people maximize their value. But here comes safety and working from home and I'm more comfortable in my pajamas than coming in. Like There is a new layer that almost we have to consider. So if I'm a manager and I've got people who need to come back to the office or the shop or whatever it might be, how would you go about having that conversation with someone that maybe has been working remotely and now it's time to call them back in? What would you expect that conversation to go like? Well, and even before the conversation, I would really put back out to the bosses. First of all, one clarifier, you said for business owners that have employees, I would tell you this is a relevant conversation for anyone that runs a team of any kind because we're talking about your vendors, your independent contractors, and your employees. When I talk about team, I really mean whatever your small business business model looks like right now. And when I say your staff, I could mean your independent contractors or your vendors. The business models are so flexible nowadays that our team looks different person to person. So the conversation is the key here. And as a boss, you can really step into this place of building the expectation that you are looking for honest conversation, that you're creating the space for them to come and ask their questions or share their fears, and that you are on their side, that you're really really trying to make this as beneficial as you can for everyone. And honestly, you're protecting your clients too. It's not just worrying about whether or not your team is going to come in and be healthy. It's also making sure that your team comes in with consideration for how they're going to keep your clients and customers healthy if you have a forward-facing business. 
So I think the key is just make sure you're having the talks one-on-one as well as as a whole. And let us be clear, boss. Email is not a conversation. Please, goodness, y'all, I love you, but listen to the words I'm going to say right now. You do not use email to create new concepts, rules, or procedures. You do not use email to call out some performance issue. We have conversations with our people because it's just as important for you to see their body language, whether they're open to what you're saying, whether they're rolling their eyes when you say what you're saying. You need to have these conversations. And if you can't do them in person or through video conferencing, you want to do them on the phone. So have the conversations with your people, letting them know what your thoughts are, what your plans are. But before all that, you need to be clear, what does your business need because it could come down to the idea of them not being able to come back to work for you in whatever procedures you decide. And as the boss, that's okay, but you have to be prepared and understand where that line is that will protect your clients, protect your team, and protect the business's well-being. We cannot be all considering. We're small business. We have a lot of exceptions, but we also still want to do the right thing by our humans, by the people side of our business. The difficult part of that is knowing the line between what the business needs and what you'd prefer. It's okay to prefer having people to be in the office, right? They might want to work from home, but you just would rather have them in the office. That's still okay, right? Absolutely. And this has been a difficult one for a lot of people. So this goes back to that concept of the micromanaging. It's not always a need of micromanaging that you want to have that community of people working on the same cause and the same workflow together. That team part is such a big piece of the human spirit and quite honestly, the joy factor of what we do, right? If we don't like who we're doing it with every day, it doesn't matter if we're doing the world's best, most beneficial anything. If your audience is well-served, but you don't like the people you work with or how you work with them or how your work is delivered, then what's the point? And a whole point of being the boss is that you get to decide and build it the way you want. So absolutely consider What is it that you want? If you want people in person and somebody is not able to work that way, it does bring up difficult conversations, but there's still a way around it. And you need to be clear on maybe just some of your roles can work remotely and maybe all of your roles can be required to be inside. Our businesses are so individual. Our bossing preferences are so specific. We can build it however, but you need to be clear before you start having conversations with your team on what you want, what you expect, and what's the bare minimum requirement for your business success. And as an owner and running your own thing, I think the politically correct thing is to let people work from home. Like this is the perception. Oh, I should let them work from home because that's the right thing to do. But this is what the job is. It is at the office is still well within your rights to say it may be uncomfortable and it might not be fashionable, but it is something that you can demand. And you shared that. Now, let me follow up on working from home for a second. Back to what people want to hear, I think. Yeah, remote workers are just as effective as in-person workers. Is that the case? I know it's a case by case, but just on the whole, do you think if you're paying 40 hours a week for a remote employee that you're getting the same amount of value? Just, I know you can't really answer that per se, but just in general, what do you think? 
I do believe that a probably, and this is a generalization, 75% of work can be done very successfully in a remote basis. However, it depends on the company and the culture. It depends on the role. It depends on the geography of that remote work, right? So remote work can be across countries, across time zones, and that can really create a chaos for your business. And you might not want to do that. But there is also just, if you like working in person with people, you can build your business that way. And so in a situation where you're going to have someone that might be compromised, this is definitely a conversation that they're going to have to decide for themselves. But you are well within your rights to define, as a business, I have made a safe environment. And for us to be successful, I need people to be showing up in this way and performing in this way. That's the way we do it here. And it's okay if our company and this job is not for you anymore. That is 100% your decision. But I need that decision by the end of the week or the end of the day, or the end of this conversation, depending on the time frame you're working with it. And you don't want to lead with that. But if you definitely get pushback and somebody's like, well, I don't think I can work there, you can say, great, I understand. I'm so sorry to hear that. Well, is this your two weeks notice? It's not fun. It's not what you want. But I'm definitely walking people through some of those conversations right now. Is now the time to use work from home as a perk? If you have a strong management system, which all bosses should have, if you have the consistency of understanding how to manage to result as opposed to hours, if you can value somebody on their results, then absolutely, there's no reason not to do it. It is one of our greatest small business advantages. I was just writing about this today. One of our greatest small business advantages that we don't have to worry necessarily about all the big Fortune 500s that can throw in perk after perk. The people that want to work for small business are excited about the building, about the entrepreneurship, the culture, the community, and they're excited about the flexibility. I can stay home and get my work done when my kid is sick today. I need to be with him, but I also love and I'm committed to my work. This is why small business owners decide to be bosses. They want to build the kind of company that can treat a human like a human, but they still have to be a responsible human that is committed to the role that they've taken on by taking on the job. Now, I want to hear about the system and how you help people become better bosses, but I do want to ask one more question before we get there. Before the shutdown, anyone that could walk and chew gum at the same time had a job. It was tough to find great people. That's changed now. What are you seeing out there for the opportunity to hire and maybe scoop up someone that had an unfortunate end to their career at a previous employer 30 days ago? Like, Is the market better to find people right now? That's a great question. First of all, I think that bosses are more open-minded about who they can hire now. I'm very excited that I fully expect disabled citizens to be employed at a higher rate than they ever have. Because if we've ever proven, done any experiment to prove that you can work remotely and add value to a company right here, right now, you're just kicking yourself if you're not considering all possibilities with regard to the best person for the job. So I would love to say that the market is bigger and better. And certainly this depends upon the industry. But I really think the big issue is matching the right employee to the right boss, right? There's plenty of employees out there that have been like, I've had the world's worst boss. And those people don't know how to interview or set up or manage correctly to let those people be successful. And so they're looking for a great boss to work for. 
So they're going to press back a little bit more because like you said, this is the time they can say, I want a job, but I want to know more about who I'm going to work with. And bosses should be able to expect the clearer they get on what brings success to their company, they should be able to more clearly go through all those resumes and pull out these fabulous people that are literally out there waiting for you. I was not one that thought it was difficult to hire before anything. I think it's just a matter of building those skill sets so that you know the right people and you get them on board. And it seems that bosses get the employees they deserve. If they're a good boss, they'll end up having employees that are good employees, or at least they coach them up to be acceptable. Now, you help people become better bosses. Tell us how you do that, because I know you have a program. Tell us about it. Well, thanks for asking. First of all, you're the best, Pat. Better Boss Mastery is a membership site community that we offer through Boss Actions. And what we do is every month we focus on a new area of managing our team. How do we inspire? How do we encourage? You can build, lead, and celebrate with a kick-ass team. And I and my team are doing everything we can to provide you with resources. And so this wonderful membership site, it's super accessible. It's an on-demand, so you can get to a lot of the resources in your moment of need because nobody quits at a convenient time and nobody has a threatening situation. We have a Slack community and instant message community so that you kind of have a pocket full of bosses waiting to share their experiences with you. The community is connected that way. And the main thing is we're constantly trying to find different areas because being a boss is not just a learn the process, which by the way, there is a process, but learn the process and then be done. It is a thing you need to continually be improving on because even as your company scales, the way you manage when you're at five is different than the way you manage when you're at 15 and at 50 and at 100. So there's always something to be mastering and we just want to help you get there. So we can learn about that if we take our 30-minute coaching call with you. And we can also get a little bit of help if we're facing something. So go to the eWomen Network site, book your 30-minute call with Talmar Anderson. She can talk you through these things. I got to go because I got to go fire all my employees. Oh, no, you're not. You're no. going to inspire them. No. You said I should email everybody and said they're fired, right? Isn't that... <laughs> I wasn't listening with both ears. Maybe that's all. Well, so that's okay. That's a great lead into it. I have a special offer for everybody if they want to check it out. If they go to zoomwithtalmar.com, we have a great guide on there. It's called the four questions to a high-functioning team. There's four questions I want you to ask every single time you meet with your team. And if you do this, their performance will improve, guaranteed. Zoomwithtalmar.com. We'll put that in the show notes. Talmar Anderson, Premier Success Coach. Thanks for coming on. Anytime, Pat. Thanks for sharing. Great comments and resources from Talmar in the interview. We'll link those resources in the show notes. Up next, we'll automate your business. We've been promised a world where our social, website, and in-person customer engagements will all magically work together and make us money. But that world is a lot tougher to find than we thought. In a minute, we'll talk about a CRM that actually delivers with eWomen Milwaukee member, Melissa Blair. This episode of Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The LinkedIn Lifestyle, the secret recipe to attract the right people and build authentic relationships on LinkedIn. 
Get daily content ideas, engagement activities, and profile hacks that'll help you stand out. Market your business, make some noise, and become a LinkedIn star by leading the LinkedIn lifestyle. Visit linkedinlifestyle.com slash star to get the free report, Five Fatal Flaws in Most LinkedIn Profiles. That free report is now listed at linkedinlifestyle.com slash star. And Cultivating Sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing. If you're tired of duct taping together six or seven programs to stay close to your customers, you need to know about Cultivating Sales. Texts, emails, sales funnels, calendars, a course builder, even a website builder. Cultivating Sales does it all. And they have a secret discount just for Lift As We Climb listeners. Visit cultivatingsales.com slash lift to capture it. Cultivatingsales.com slash lift. And the Expressory. Let your team and customers know you're thinking about them by sending a work-from-home care package in the mail from the Expressory. Thoughtful gifts conveniently shopped and shipped by your personal relationship-building concierge. Text HOME to 414-240-1315 for the work-from-home care package catalog sent instantly to your phone from the Expressory, your relationship-building concierge. Offer ends June 30th, 2020. And last call, don't miss your chance to win three months of Audible.com. We'll give away that prize, or at least give you the info in just a little bit. Gotta be honest, CRMs scared the heck out of me for about two years. It all seemed so overwhelming. One program that kept it all straight and helped me automate my business. Really? With a little elbow grease, that's what happened. And a CRM, frankly, is the only way I could run this show. We're fielding on-air applications from all around the world, sending email blasts to subscribers and texts on Mondays. Cultivating sales powers us, and we're grateful to have it. If you don't have the luxury of an awesome CRM, you got to listen up. Melissa Blair is the CEO of Cultivating Sales. Melissa, so we're on the same page. What is a CRM? CRM stands for Customer Relationship Management. Anybody that owns a business, anybody that's in sales, and all of us that own a business are in sales, knows that relationships are everything. I can't remember. I think somebody said something at one point with Facebook that you can really only work about 150 relationships at a time. And guess what? We need to do more of that. If we limited our prospect list to 150 people, we wouldn't stay in business very long. Using a CRM or a customer relationship management tool allows us to build relationships with more people. Without that tool, that's why I say I love mixing technology and business together, sales and marketing, because it allows us to nurture or cultivate so many more relationships than we could without the technology. But the technology takes everyone's name, address, phone number, email, and puts it into basically a cloud-based Rolodex. It's all in one place. But to start that relationship and engagement, how do you go about doing that And having a conversation with more than 150 people, it could be with an unlimited number of people. Mm -hmm. Our tagline is connections plus conversations equals currency. And so the way I think about it is connections is our marketing. It's how do we get out into the world and make new connections? It's networking, it's advertising, it's all the different ways to start those new relationships, those new conversations. Conversations is the sales process. And I hope by now a lot of people have learned that sales is not 
vomiting all over people with your product and this and that and just talking at them. True sales is solving problems. And you can't solve a problem if you don't understand what their problem is. So let's just talk through for a second, though, some of the actual actions, like automating people joining into your CRM. So you're growing your database no matter where you are and what you're doing. So you talked about campaigns and the conversations, but isn't part of the magic of a good CRM putting all your people in one place automatically? Oh, yeah. If it's one thing working with sales teams for all the years that I did, and most of us hate having to enter all that contact information. So we have a number of different ways that you can have these people add themselves to your database. And that is through... We have a two-way texting feature. And so if you're a, a speaker or a trainer, even a podcaster, you can say, text the word report to this phone number and you will be given a free report that will speak to them. So they're opting in right then and there because they're showing, they're kind of raising their hand just a little bit saying, I'm kind of interested in what you're doing. And so they're filling in a form, they're adding themselves to your database. And then of course we have an automation set up so that it delivers that free content that you offered them. So you are pre-qualifying them in a way because they've opted in and then you're also adding them to your database and you're getting permission from them to continue the conversation. Let's talk about two more tools before we talk about cultivating sales specifically because I think they're concepts that exist that not everybody uses. So sales funnels and pipelines as mm. in context to turning your audience into sales. Can you talk about those two concepts and what they do for your business? Sales pipelines are critical. I had a sales training business for a number of years. And one of the first things that we worked with with people on is defining what is your sales process. And once you can define that, you can automate it, which is amazing. And so using the example of texting, text the word report to this phone number. When they take that action... Automation is a lot of if this, then that. So if they text the word report, then add them to the sales pipeline at this stage of my pipeline. So first stage might be leads. They're people that you're going to go after, but they don't even know who you are yet. The next stage would be somebody who's raised their hand a little bit. So when somebody opts in for that free report, they're raising their hand a little bit. Maybe the next stage is booking an appointment with them. So the goal would be continue the conversation with them until such time as they book the appointment with you. That can all be automated. That's how we can be... I don't want to use the word working, but we can be working with so many different relationships because we use automation to our advantage. And what about funnels? So pipelines are great. Let's talk about funnels because they work really well, but in a different way. So often everybody says, oh, I got to have a website, got to have a website. Yeah, you do want to have a website. Unfortunately, sending people to a website doesn't always cause that relationship to start. They go to the website, they get sidetracked with all kinds of things that they can do on your website or learn or whatever. A sales funnel is driving people to a place on the web that is encouraging them to take one action. So you could be encouraging them to register for an event you have or download your freebie, your free ebook, your free podcast, whatever. It could be make a purchase. It could be any number of things. But when they go to your funnel, they're only there to take one action. They're not there to learn all about you or do anything like that. 
So it is, I like to say, if you want to have people get to know you, build a website. If you want to make money, build a funnel. That's good advice. So let's now talk about bringing this all together. If you want to have a place in the cloud for all your stuff, you can go buy that. If you want to have an automated way to meet people and have them go into your database, you can buy that. You can buy funnels. You can buy pipelines. You can buy texting. You can buy all this stuff. But the magic of Cultivating Sales Pro, tell us about why your system is so epic. Well, I'm a nerd. And so for me, I could take all these, I'm, I'm not ashamed. I could take all these different software programs, a Calendly and a ClickFunnels and a HubSpot and a website builder and all these different things. And I could get them to speak to each other because I know how to do that. The average small business owner not only does not know how to do that, but they don't want to know how to do that. They don't want to spend their money or their time trying to figure all that out. And so the goal has been for years now was to find that tool that holy grail, let's say, of software that would allow me to do everything I need to do in one program. And that's what we built with Cultivating Sales Pro. It is a scheduler program. It's a funnel builder. It's a website builder. It is a course builder. You can build your course and your membership programs in here. It has automation. It has forms. It has surveys. It has the sales pipeline. It has everything you need to build out your sales and marketing in one program. And that way you're not having to, I always say, duct tape together a whole bunch of different software and try to get it all to work. And then you're paying subscription fees for all those different software programs. And we solved that problem. It's the software that powers this show. And I've canceled so many things. I've canceled my email. I've canceled my text communication. I've canceled my funnel program. I've canceled... Calendly, I've canceled everything that I do goes through Cultivating Sales Pro and it is really good. I use it and this show <laughs> would not be possible. We're now managing all of the fans of the show when they are texting the word lift to 414-240-1315. We're doing contests through it. We're doing email communications every Monday when our new episodes go live. I totally endorse the program. It's great. And if someone wants to learn more, how do they connect with you? Well, I'm going to actually not follow my own advice. I'm going to tell you to go to cultivatingsales.com. I don't have a funnel set up for this. It is strictly go to cultivatingsales.com. You'll be able to see exactly the types of, of pieces that are built into this. And you can book an appointment with me, which is the best way is to allow me to answer your questions, look at what you're using now, see if it even makes, makes sense to do that. So you can book an appointment with me right there. Cultivating sales is the truth. I was able to quit about three programs and save money just by grabbing Cultivating Sales. If you're looking for an all-in-one streamlined solution, definitely check it out. Okay, last call for our May giveaway. We've been talking about it in the last few episodes, but you need to act right now if you want to win. If you love podcasts and audiobooks, you're going to love this. I'm going to give away a three-month membership to audible.com at the end of the month. That's in like, what, three days or whenever you're consuming this podcast? But I'm talking about May. For what it's worth, if it's June too late, you can't win. Sorry. All you need to do to win is register as a Lift As We Climb VIP by May 31st, 2020. Text the word LIFT to 414-240-1315 and you'll get on the alert list and you'll be entered to win. It takes less than 30 seconds to do so. Your normal data and message rates will apply. Let your friends and fellow eWomen members know about it. I'll draw a winner in the first week of June. 
and we're doing a guest call. Are you enjoying the show? Are you thinking, yeah, I'd like to tell my story and tell people what I know? Well, then you need to apply to be on the show because I want to highlight members along with our premier success coaches, managing directors, and VIPs. Visit liftasweclimbpodcast.com and you can apply to be on the show. Make sure to apply today because the list is starting to get long. I want to get you on. Visit liftasweclimbpodcast.com and apply. This episode of Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge, the LinkedIn lifestyle, secrets and strategies to be a LinkedIn star, and cultivating sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Find out more about me at patmillerideacoach.com. And I'm also a premier success coach. If you want to talk marketing, big ideas, let's talk for 30 minutes and get your free session at the eWomen Network website. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.